This is episode U, Understanding Self-Care, with Brenda Cradolfer. This is A is for Adversity, a podcast about navigating the obstacles in life. Thanks for joining us this season as we talk about how a community can help. I'm Jen. And I'm Rachel. We're here to be a part of your community this year as we learn together. Hey, thank you for joining me on the podcast. I am so excited to introduce you to Brenda and all that she has to teach and offer. Before I do that, though, I have to add a little disclaimer to this episode. My kids are so, so noisy. So maybe listen to it with your kids in the background so it kind of cancels it out. Or maybe it'll just be like working a different muscle for you listening to someone else's kids. Brenda even offered to reschedule as we were in the middle of the episode, but I'm just very determined and we'd already started, so we were going to finish it. And that may not have been the best call. So uh, again, I apologize for the noise. I recently upgraded my Zoom and I've forgotten to change the settings where it records on separate audio tracks. If only I had had that, I could have just put Brenda's track and not mine. But I digress. It is what it is. And this is real life. I'm doing it with kids in tow. And I just couldn't pass up the opportunity to share with you Brenda's wisdom and insight because it was truly a fabulous interview. And I learned so much and I know you will too. Make sure you listen till the end because Brenda and I talk about a collaboration event that we're doing. And you'll hear us say that the date is November 3rd, but we have since changed it to Saturday, November 4th. So mark your calendars and find a way to get there. Hello, I am here with Brenda. How are you today, Brenda? I am doing pretty well. Thanks, Jen. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate your willingness to do that. And would you mind introducing yourself to my audience? Sure. My name is Brenda Cradolfer. I'm a wife, a mom of four, and a relationship coach. Um, And so what I do is I help women restore themselves and their marriage at the same time to be the fun, intimate partnership that they dreamed of when they decided to get married in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a BA in humanities with an emphasis in English literature. Um, I served a mission for my church in Germany and Austria. So I speak German. It's waned quite a bit, but um, I love the German language. I love languages in general. Like I would love to learn Mandarin and my husband's family is all like native Spanish speakers. So I hear a lot of that. Um, I love to dance and I've been participating in a local dance company the last couple years here in South Jordan. Um, it's called, it's been a wild dance company. Cause it's like moms and just people who dance maybe at some point or just want to get into dance. And there's like a little bit of a barrier to like start it. So the name of the company takes a little bit of the intimidation factor out of it. Let's see. Originally, I'm from a small agricultural town in Central California. So I just love that area. I love the mountains and Lake Tahoe. And I just I grew up around all these cowboys and construction workers. And that's a little or a lot about me. Maybe (laughs) wanted to know. No, that's great. Yeah, I learned a lot about you just in that introduction. So thank you. I tend to be the one who's the talker, not the listener. So it's really good to learn a little bit more about you. I met Brenda through business networking, and we've just kind of connected over building our business at this time. One thing that I loved learning from you is that in one of your free classes, you had said the quote, 
when self-care is high, there's not a lot that can bring you down. And mm-hmm. I just love that so much because it just conjured up this image of taking care of yourself so that you're in a place where other things can't get to you. So where mm-hmm. did you learn that or how has self-care looked in your life? Yeah. So it was something that I had to learn. I didn't really see the value of that kind of self-care, like not like the basics, you know, like getting in the shower or whatever every day. It's like, I call it kind of the gold standard of self-care. It's like the kind of self-care that just fills you up and just makes you happy. Hmm. Um, It just brings you joy while you're doing it. It's not like the workout that's you know, you hate it the whole time. And then afterwards, you're glad you did it, you know, like, that's good for us and healthy. But I had to learn that it was my job to fill myself up in that way, so that I could be the kind of mom and wife and person that I wanted to be in the world. Perfect. Thank you. That That's a great answer. I love that name, the gold standard self-care. How would you say that self-care is related to community? Well, one of the things that I didn't realize that I needed like at all as a woman early on in my marriage was community and relationships with other people. I had always been really independent and driven and just because of my family circumstances, I had to fend for myself a lot. And so like I had school, sometimes I had church, I had a few friends who lived in other states. Um, but were busy with their own lives. And I was living away from my family of origin. And what I really wanted and expected was for my husband to fulfill all of my friendship and family needs. And that idea just became increasingly difficult as (laughs) even just from the beginning, I realized that my husband was willing to go out with a friend and I was offended by it because I was like, well, I'm here. Why wouldn't you want to hang out with me? You know, we just got married. Isn't that like, don't you just want to spend all your time with me all the time? And so that was in the beginning, but then as we finished school and moved and our family grew, just the more isolated I became and the more I resented my husband's fun sounding work life. So like I had sporadic opportunities to get to know people, but nothing that really stuck. I wouldn't say I had any like deep friendships or people I would call when things got rough. I just tried to do it all on my own all the time because that's kind of the story that I'd been telling myself from the time that I was, you know, kind of young. So it just continued on into my marriage. Like I have to do everything on my own and I don't need anybody else. And like, this is cool. I have a husband now. So like anything that maybe I do need, I'll just get from him. And I was, I'm also just like an extremely private person. So whether that's nature or nurture is still up for debate, but yeah, I just, I didn't, I wasn't vulnerable. I wasn't willing to kind of open up to anybody. So it wasn't until that I learned these set of skills specifically geared towards closeness and connection in my marriage that I actually realized how important it is to have people you can rely on outside of marriage, that that's kind of an integral part or like a big help in having a great relationship is also having other people that you can rely on because I was essentially putting a lot of unnecessary weight on one relationship and in turn putting it at risk by not cultivating other relationships, girlfriends to talk to or commiserate with um, people who, you know, were in my corner and understood my goals, but also could hear whatever I was struggling with, you know, and just get extra support. My husband has always been very supportive of me, like having friends and doing things, but like, I just never saw the true need for it. I, I just felt like anything I needed, I could 
provide for myself with my own study and intellect. I was totally unwilling to be vulnerable and like have a connection with anyone on any kind of deeper level, I guess I would say. Yeah, I feel like I can relate to that too. Uh, My husband said recently that he feels like I haven't needed to rely on him as much for like emotional dependence, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. I I feel like I used to use him as like my therapist or my friend or, Mm -hmm. you know, just like so many things where other people could fill that that need or meet the requirement there, you know. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like I've been learning how to be interdependent. So I don't know if that's related or, you know, I, and I realize you're talking more about like community with, you know, outside your marriage too, but I feel like also within my marriage, I've had to learn interdependence too. And so yeah. uh, there's a balance, like we say with a lot of things, you know, it's like, cause I'm, I'm like you, I'm so independent. And I, as soon as I learn to meet my own needs, it's like, okay, I could, but mm-hmm. where's the balance too with like your spouse, you know? Yeah, for sure. So how do we not feel guilty about self-care? I know with a lot of moms, it's like when they finally do get that free time, they they feel guilty or they're worried about how they're going to use it. Right. Yeah. Well, I can I can say I know for me, it's a struggle. It's something that I still like hear in the back of my head. And so like a few things came up for me with with that idea, like, why do I feel guilty about this? And I think for sure it's cultural. I think there's some other learned or just self-imposed expectations that I have of myself. The other thing I thought of was like competing desires. Like I want to be a really present mom and my kids are driving me nuts and I want to get out of here. But like, for me, it was that thought I was the only one or like the best one to fulfill all my children's needs. So like, I just couldn't separate myself really truly. And what if something happened when I was gone, like fears, you know, would come up for me and still do. But like now I experiment more with them. I'm like, okay, I, I'm not feeling great. So if I go do the thing for myself right now, I'm going to just hear the guilty thoughts. I'm going to feel the guilty feelings and I'm just going to do it anyway. And I'll see how it works out. If it backfires totally, then I can, you know, be like, okay, that wasn't great. But it seems like every time I listen to that little voice that tells me to just go for a walk or just get out of the house or go shopping or, you know, schedule that call or that Zumba class. Whenever I do it, I inevitably come home feeling so much better. And I'm the exact kind of mom that I want to be, that I wasn't able to be before I did the thing. So I think just for me, feeling guilty or just not used to the free time, like I had a strong no, I want to say like an irrational conviction about being home with my kids. It like trumped everything, even my own well-being. But I didn't even realize that I needed it. So it took it took training, it took practice, it took experimenting with this like kind of gold standard of self-care and treating myself and being willing to invest in myself and my own happiness and just kind of, you know, see how it went and see if the results were good to really overcome that guilt. So I don't know. I want to say that it's always kind of there, but I'm getting better at like shushing it or quieting it down. I love how you said experimenting in there because it's true. It's not a one size fits all, you know, you can't just go to your friend and say, Oh, we'll just do this. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's totally unique. Mm -hmm. And something that I did that I've mentioned before is I put my kids in daycare once a week and it's nice for me because their needs are being met. They're being cared for. They're being watched over. 
And so it kind of puts my mind at ease that I can take care of myself and Mm -hmm. do the things that I need to get done. So, yeah, it's just so interesting how we we're always the mom, you know, from the moment we have kids, but try and practice putting that care back into ourselves too. Yeah. But I love that you do that, that you, that you take that time that you, you figured out a way I hear of getting in at least some solitude, some time to yourself where you feel like you can do things that are important to you and, and that you have that, just that comfort of knowing that your kids are safe. Your kids are being nurtured by someone else, maybe even learning something that they wouldn't learn otherwise. Um, So I just, I love that kind of well-rounded view. It was something that I just didn't have. Yeah. And I feel like life has changed too. You know, I'm sure in 10 years or so when I'm talking to someone who was my age at this point, Mm -hmm. they'll have figured something else out too. You know, we're getting better as a society of taking care of ourselves and of making things work too. I feel like Mm -hmm. for sure. So what adversity have you encountered and has it helped you grow? And I know this is kind of a broad question, but I just love how challenges do make us grow in, in different ways in our life. Yeah. I, I guess the adversity that I've encountered is just like, do all these things that I'm learning that are helping me in my relationship fit in with my other values. That's been an adversity for me because again, the strong like cultural conditioning that I need to be independent and do everything for myself is strong with me. And so, and I feel like it's reinforced sometimes too, you know? And so I, I battle with that. That's an adversity too doing things like self-care, even some of the other things that I help women start to do differently. It's just so different. And yet the results are so good that it's like, okay, I mean, if that's the fruit of this experiment and it's good, then it's got to be good. Right. But I still battle those feelings of guilt. I know one day I was thinking about this story when, when I heard that question was like this one day I I was at home. I I have this uh, goal or feeling that I should be home when my kids get home from school. Like that was really important to me. But last year I realized that it was very difficult to go from zero stimulus throughout the day. Cause it was my first year with all of my kids in school to go from this quiet home to all the kids home all at once. And it was like, I went from like serenity and just peace to like grouchiness in like two seconds. It didn't even take very much. And so last year I experimented with leaving <laughs> and my kids would come home on their own. They're, they're old enough to, to where it works out. But so I didn't do it all the time, but every once in a while I would just be gone when they came home and let them know, you know, you know, just hang out. I'm going to be gone um, for a little while so that I could fill myself up somehow before I came home. And this one day I wasn't, I hadn't left. I was at home and, and things were really heightened. And I just had the thought, like, just go shopping. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how frivolous, like go shopping really right now. Like my kids need me. They're all asking me for things, but I'm realizing in myself that I am maybe being snappy or I don't have the patience for it. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm committed to this new experiment. I'm going to just go do it. So I, I'm like, I told the kids, you know, like I'm going to go out for a little while. Like you guys are good you know, just don't burn the house down or whatever. And then I left and the whole ride there, I'm battling these feelings of guilt. Like I should be home. How come I can't do this? How come I can't be present with my kids? I've had the whole day to myself. There's no excuse. I just have no excuse for myself, but I just decided to push through it. And I, (laughs) I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. 
I just pushed through those feelings of guilt. And I was like, I'm just going to do this. And I went and I, I mean, it was like maybe an hour. I was at a store. I walked around. I didn't buy a thing. I just looked at things. Maybe I, I don't know. Maybe I tried stuff on, but by the time I got home, I was like a different person. Mm. I was like, so excited to see my kids. I like had an opportunity to miss them in a way that I hadn't all day doing whatever I was doing at home. And I was just so filled up and so like had all this energy that I hadn't had before. So that was like, I mean, that's still, I think it's still there, but I have continual or increasing evidence that it really does serve my overall goals of being a good, like a wonderful mom and a present mom. When I, when I listen to those little promptings to, to do something good for myself. Yeah. That's so great. I love that you recognize that and that you kind of let go of that should in your life that you had to be home when your kids got home. Mm-hmm. And when you said the words be present, I was talking to a friend recently and she was asking me what I thought a successful mom was. And one of the things that I said was, oh, I'm present with my kids. You know, there's no distractions. I'm just there 100%. And she said, see, that's an unrealistic expectation because you can't be 100% present. Like there's always going to be distractions in our world, you know? So how can you adjust that expectation so that you do feel like a successful mom? So mm-hmm. I like that, how you made it work so that, you know, you were able to show up in the way that you wanted to. Yeah. So what's one of your favorite inspirational quotes? Oh my gosh, Jen, I, I'm i going to default on this one because... I'm sure like, I don't have one that just pops into my head, you know, like this is my favorite quote. I always default to kind of this one that I like in high school, we had to pick out a favorite quote or something. Mm -hmm. And I found this quote and it was, I think I, I don't know, Google wasn't around. So I didn't Google it. How did I find it? I don't know. But it was every, after all of his broadcasts, Walter Cronkite would, you know, give the news and then he would say, and that's the way it is. And so that's what I'm going to default to. And that's the way it is because, and I think for me right now, that's really present because I do a lot of work with self-fulfilling prophecies or manifesting or faith, positive thinking, whatever you want to call it. But one thing that I just came to recently was that I put undue pressure on myself Mm -hmm. in that way. You know, like if I have this thing and I'm not saying it's not right, I think it's great. I just also came back to this idea that like, I am the way I am right now. And that's okay. And or this is the way the world is right now. And it's crazy. And there's things going on that are disturbing and all these things, but that's the way it is. And, and what am I going to do next? You know? So, so yeah, I'm just going to default to that old, that's the way it is quote. Yeah. I really like that. It conjures up the idea of acceptance, you know, and once you accept something or acknowledge it, it doesn't mean you're like, giving up or succumbing to it, but it just kind of means that, you know, it's there, you know, that, you know, whatever you can do is great, but just kind of accepting it as it is and then moving on and mm-hmm. not getting hung up on it, I guess. Right. Not resisting it. Cause yeah, I, I think when I resist something, I, I unintentionally focus on it. And I know that I've learned that what I focus on increases in my life. So if I don't want to have bad things increasing in my life, I have to kind of get to this Zen place with them, like acceptance or just awareness that like, this is a thing and maybe I can't change it, but you know, it's the way it is. And so what's next? Yeah, that's great. I love it. 
Thank you for expounding on that. Okay, Brenda, so tell us about your coaching business. What do you do and what makes you unique in your business? Yeah, well, the thing that I think makes what I do unique is my own personal story of of what I was going through and and where I am now, which was basically like, I just had these bouts of resentment and these negative spirals that I just couldn't seem to stop having where like my husband would do or say something that would rub me the wrong way. And it was like an avalanche of thoughts that just would culminate in me thinking like I had made the wrong choice or I should have been smarter or more careful or whatever it was. And then like just extreme guilt and like self-loathing, I guess. But I didn't know that that's really what was happening. I would put it all on my husband. Like it was, it's his fault, but I really valued my relationship. I wanted my relationship with my husband to be like my best relationship. And we had some amazing times when like everything just seemed so good. So it was like, how does this happen? How do I get from there to here. And it was something that I worked towards like throughout our relationship, but then, um, and I found things all along the way that helped and that, you know, gave me the insights that I needed and taught me things about myself. And then I came across this book by accident that kind of had all of these skills for creating a, like a really close connected relationship, like the, like an intimate relationship, but not in like the physical intimacy sense, although like that's really important, but just in the, like that really close, like your best relationship sense. And so I, I would kind of, I read that and it really changed some things for me. And I would always come back to it when things went wrong. So I found this set of skills and um, I just really, I kind of, I was at this point in my life where I was looking at what am I going to do when all my kids are out of school? And like a friend planted a seed at one point saying like, you'd be a really good coach. Cause I was following this life coach at the time and we were really into it. So I kind of played around with that idea, but then I just like, I felt so convicted about this other thing that was just changing the thing that was the most important to me. And so I looked into that. I found they have a coach training program. So I went through that. I did a deep dive on all those skills. I met incredible women who had been through like what I would call insurmountable challenges in their marriages, really heavy things. I kind of came in with this, like, I have a pretty good marriage, you know? And like, so I felt a little bit like an outsider in there for a while, but then the beautiful thing about it was I made all of these connections with these women. I learned how to be vulnerable in that group. I came across a community that was so perfect for me and realized like, that's kind of when I started to realize like, oh my gosh, like community is so crucial. So I have that community. And then in that whole experience, I started doing way more self-care. I got into dancing. I have that community. So what makes it different, I guess, is based on like, I have, there's these six skills that, that we just really focus on. And in the private one-on-one coaching that I do, it's just a really deep listening, empathetic approach. It's what I needed, what I had always wished that I had. I was like, I remember when I was struggling with my little kids and it was like, I was at my wits end kind of a thing. And I would just throw them all in the car and like, we just have to do something different than what we're doing right now. And I just remember thinking like, wouldn't it be great if there were just professional listeners out there mm-hmm. who didn't know you, who didn't judge you and who you could just talk to and tell like, I am struggling right now. And so 
that's what I feel like I really get to do now is I get to be a professional listener. And then I also add on, like, if this is something that is speaking to you, this is what you can do to kind of change the trajectory of where things are going. So, so yeah, I do that. I do private one-on-one coaching and um, I teach those skills. Yeah. So if people want to work with you, where would you recommend they start? So I have a website. So if you just want to kind of learn a little bit about me and what I do, it's brendacurdalfercoaching.com. I know it's a mouthful, but yeah, brendacurdalfercoaching.com is my website. There's some information. That's where I put all my events. Like if I'm doing, if I'm running a workshop and how to get a hold of me. And then I also have a private Facebook community for married women. It's called the restored wife. So I think there's two kind of versions of it. It has my picture on it, but yeah, the restored wife Facebook group is it's a newer group. So it's just kind of getting its legs, but it's a good place to kind of start. I just give very mild tidbits in there, just kind of get an idea to feel it out and to just be a part of a, like a safe space for people who are maybe struggling and just want to lurk even, or like, what's this all about? You know? Yeah, that's great. And then if they are interested more in the marriage sort of coaching aspect, would you mm-hmm. say to research the the coach that you went through or because I, I remember you said it was like a very specific type of coaching or set of skills? Yeah, definitely. So I, yeah, I highly recommend the book that I read. Um, it's I read a different print edition, but it's titled The Empowered Wife Now um, by Laura Doyle. She's my marriage mentor. She's like the mom or grandma that I didn't have for my relationship. And she just teaches things in such a practical way. It's like, I have some resistance to this, but what she's saying makes so much sense that I can't ignore it kind of a thing. So yeah, the book, The Empowered Wife, yeah, by Laura Doyle, I strongly recommend to just learn the basics of the skills that sh- that I kind of follow. And then yeah, any any. Anybody who wants to reach out, you can do so. There's like a message thing on my website too. Yes. Well, thank you. It's It's been awesome to have you on the podcast. And I'm looking forward to our collaboration. On November 3rd, we're going to have kind of a self-care night. And it'll be a ladies night in with Brenda. And we'll just be talking all things relationships and also self-care, right? Yes. Yes. I'm so excited. I think it'll be so much fun just an opportunity to get out of your house and learn, learn a tip, learn. I'm, I'm going to share like the thing that just switched everything around for me. I kind of ignored some of the things at first. <laughs> so there was one thing in particular that just really changed the trajectory of my relationship. So I want to share that at that little night. Um, but also I just want it to be fun and like just an opportunity to meet new people and, and connect and yeah, just enjoy the time. Perfect. Well, we look forward to it. And in the meantime, they can uh, look you up and start to think about things in their own relationship and how they can improve. For sure. So thank you again for your time. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. You're so welcome, Jen. Thank you so much for inviting me on the podcast. Yes. And again, just a reminder that the date is now Saturday, November 4th. I will see you there. And also, if you're wanting to get more out of the podcast and interact with me a little bit more, you can join the paid community, the Sunshine Community, where we have self-care type events every month. And you'll get a discount to these events or some of the events are free, but I would recommend that you join us in there if you want to 
really discover what self-care means to you and how to find that gold standard and how to maintain your identity. Learn more about it at aisforadversity.com slash boost.